Everybody, welcome to This Good Word, episode 123. <laughs> I've been doing this for one, wait a minute, I've been doing this for two and a half years. Wow. Uh, no plans to stop. I'm having a blast. I love the people that I get to meet, both in terms of who I interview and also you guys. Uh, this is so fun. Uh, and I had no idea how fun it was going to be or where it was going to go. So no plans to stop. We're going to keep cranking. Today, I want to talk about truth. Um, I, I, it feels like everything is turned up to 11 these days in the world. Uh, so I'm not sure if we're living now in more of a state of illusion, fog, unreality, or not. But it sure seems like we are. And I'm sure sensing a whole lot of anxiety around lots and lots of people because they're not sure who to trust. There's a big thing in reality right now in the world about mainstream media versus fake news. What is real? What is fake? Uh, a lot of people think that the president says nothing but falsehoods and lies. And then a lot of people think that um, actually it's the media, the mainstream media that's full of lies. And so who do you believe? Um, in this world where sexual harassment is so, so exploding on the scene right now, where it feels like every everyone in Hollywood, in, um, in the media is getting fired for uh, inappropriate sexual behavior. Who do we believe? What's true? What's real? Um, and how do we even talk about that without feeling like you're defending someone or not believing someone? How do we, how do we, how do we have a conversation uh, that feels healthy and that feels like it moves the, the progress of humanity forward? How do we do that in such a way that uh, where, um, you know, again, people's sense of outrage isn't just immediately pegged to 11? on a 10, on a scale of one through 10. I was talking to someone lately and my friend Steph, and she is an eight on the Enneagram, if you're familiar with that, which means she is a confronter. She likes to take things head on. And I've seen her do it in so many environments. And um, she just goes after it. If she doesn't believe something, if she thinks something is not true, she just says it out loud and forcefully. It's awesome. Um, but she was telling me this thing lately that she goes, you know, it's really hard right now to even have debates, to have healthy, honest discussion where maybe tempers get high, um, but where it's not destructive. You know, I mean, you can actually have a heated discussion with someone and have it be instructive, helpful, and where you move through it, having understood something that you previously didn't understand. But she was saying to me that the environment right now is so hot that you 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 just can't even have those uh, discussions because everyone's outrage button is pegged. So there's that. But there's also this, you know, I read this quote and I can't remember who said it. But when I say it to you, you're going to say, oh yeah, I've heard that before. And the quote is this, uh, the great danger 
in an environment where everybody is lied to is not that they would believe the lies. It's they wouldn't believe anything. So the great danger in a society where everybody is lied to is not that they would believe the lies. It's that they wouldn't believe anything at all. And I think that's really poignant. I think that's where we are sitting right now. So let's talk about truth. We're going to start with the Latin. In Latin, the word for truth is veritas. And veritas, uh, there was actually a goddess of truth called veritas. She was, some said she was the daughter of Zeus. Others say she was the daughter of Kronos, which means time. This is all mythology. It's just interesting stuff. And what was fascinating about Veritas is that she hid at the bottom of a holy well. She was so elusive. So the understanding here is that truth, real truth, true, pure truth is elusive. And I think that's both real and sad. Like, I think about the amount of energy that we all spend hiding, spinning, and then also trying to interpret people's spins and illusion and concealment and half-truth. We are all exhausted because truth is hiding at the bottom of a holy well. It is so elusive that no one knows where to find it. No one knows where it is. Uh, No one knows whether to trust it even when it does come out. So that's veritas, that's the Latin. In the Greek, the Greek word for truth is aletheia. So I have some friends that named their daughter aletheia. Beautiful name. means truth, but it's also synonymous with reality. So Aristotle was famous for highlighting realism, highlighting reality getting really in touch with the dust and blood and sweat and bones of a situation where illusion and subtlety give way to reality, to realism. Uh, Aletheia is the opposite of illusion. It is what happens when something is unconcealed. So you think about like Every once in a while, we read about certain documents that that have been sealed for ages. And I remember just recently, some of the JFK documents around his assassination got opened. They were unsealed and they'd been sealed for, gosh, what is it, 50 years or so now? And that kind of came and went. But I remember feeling a sense of like, wow, what's like, what's that? What what is that going to be like when that gets revealed? Um, when certain archaeology uh, digs happen and then you discover something amazing like the ruins of a city, which people have been looking for for 2,000 years, or a certain writing um, that is from the first century that people have heard about but haven't ever found it, when it's found. It's like the great uh, unconcealment, the great revealing, the great um, bringing into reality what formerly was just guessing. So that's aletheia. And then the Hebrew word is also interesting. Uh, And for those of you uh, who are Bible nerds like I am, the New Testament is written in Greek. The Hebrew scriptures, sometimes called the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew. The Hebrew word for truth is emeth, emeth or emet. And the first 
meaning of emet or truth in the Hebrew is firmness or faithfulness, a sense of something that is lasting. So you think about a building that's lasted for hundreds or even a couple of thousand years. I was out with my brother-in-law Dave last night and we were we had dinner in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then we walked all around some of the old school neighborhoods. We walked up and down Selby and up and down Summit. And we saw some of these gigantic old mansions that were built. So the James J. Hill house, just magnificent. And um, we saw the Basilica in, uh, or the Cathedral, sorry, in uh, St. Paul, just majestic. And these buildings are firm, they're solid, they're faithful, they're lasting. Um, and this word emet is from the root word aman, which means to support or establish. So there's the sense in the Hebrew of truth where it's something that's firm, you can count on it, it's going to last, it's faithful. Uh, it's going to support and establish something else. That's what truth is. And so as you think about Veritas and Aletheia and Emet, you think about what's missing in our society right now. I think we're all feeling the anxiety because we, th we, we are fearing the things that are being concealed and not said. We're fearing that there's a whole reality that's happening behind the scenes right now, maybe as it relates to North Korea, maybe as it relates to Syria, maybe as it relates to um, just anything happening in the White House right now, let's be honest, where things are being concealed and um, you know people want the president to show his, uh, his tax statements. And um, and the president wants uh, the mainstream media, the CEOs to be fired because they keep on putting out, in his words, fake news. And so um, where we have a lack of agreed upon truth, it's going to feel like the opposite of a met. It's going to feel flimsy. It's going to feel like vapor. It's going to feel like it's not going to last. It's going to feel like it's establishing nothing. It's going to feel like the opposite of aletheia. It's going to feel synonymous with unreality or illusion or concealment. It's going to feel like Veritas is going to stay at the bottom of the holy well. And not only is she going to stay at the bottom of the holy well, we're going to pour concrete down it and fill up that holy well so that she can never come out. And that is where it feels like society at large is, at least in these United States of America. So the question is, where can we find truth? in a culture where we all feel lied to all the time. And then what happens to the psyche of a people who feel lied to constantly? What happens over time? And as I was thinking about this, you know, I have some, um, I have some family and friends who are indigenous people to these United States, Native Americans. And so if you wanna know what a generation of people generation after generation after generation of people who've been lied to, what, what the psyche is like. Talk to someone with indigenous culture. Uh, talk to someone who has African-American culture. If you wanna know what it, what it feels like to, to be lied to constantly, generation after generation. And I think there's a sense of, you know, like um, um, the folks that are, um, mainstream culture, uh, what's the word? I mean, white. 
we have a sense of like, oh my gosh, we, we feel so lied to. Like this is this brand new thing that's happening in society when really there's there, any minority that lives in the U.S. and um, especially the U.S. has felt lied to for generations. So just let that sink in for a second. If you want to know what it feels like, talk to someone with African-American culture, with indigenous culture, and they'll tell you what it's like for generations to, to feel lied to, to feel like the truth is elusive, to feel like they're living constantly in illusion and concealment, to feel like there is nothing that will establish them, that will support them, nothing that feels firm. It's interesting. Um, in, the, in, the, in the Middle East, talk to Palestinians. Um, I just met a Palestinian woman and talked to her uh, a couple months ago in her backyard is the wall. Now she calls it a wall. Israelis would call it the security fence. It's two totally different um, realities there, two totally different ways of looking at the same thing, just in terms of language. What's true? How do we know? From what perspective do we see things from? Uh, see what I mean? Like it's really squishy. If you go and no one can, well, not no one, very few of us can, you go to Syria or talk to a refugee that used to live in their family's home where that have that lived for generations, but now they're a refugee because they can't, they, they, their home was bombed out and they were f driven for fear of their lives from their home. What is it like to feel lied to by the, the, the government? <laughs> That's my phone. That is normally you're supposed to turn off your phone when uh, <laughs> when you do a podcast. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad that that happened because now you heard my wonderful ringtone, which are my boys. Anyway, what happens to the psyche of a people who feel lied to? Uh, and where can we find truth in a culture where we all feel lied to all the time? Those are really good questions to talk to around your table of people. I talked about having a table in a couple episodes ago in the Little Falls edition. Since then, I've gathered around my table. A couple other times we've played, we've eaten, we've had conversations, and it's been good. It's keeping me sane. So around your table, where can we find truth in a culture where we all feel lied to all the time? And what happens to the psyche of a people who feel lied to? I think those would be two great questions to consider together, to talk about together. What I wanna talk about for the rest of the time in this podcast is how do we become people of truth? How do we become a person of truth? Because at the end of the day, you can't control anyone else. You can only control yourself. At the end of the day, you are responsible for you and you're not responsible for anyone else. If you try to be responsible for everyone else, you will end up very frustrated. But you are responsible for you, so. Let's talk about, first of all, Veritas. Veritas. What does it look like for you to stop hiding at the bottom of the holy well, to stop being so elusive with your truth, and to actually pick moments to share your truth? I'm not talking about sharing your deepest, darkest secret. I'm not talking about um, having no filter. I'm not talking about um, having no grace or kindness. But I am talking about when it is possible 
to say the truth, what is the shortest, truest way that you can share the truth in the moment? If someone shares a joke that is racist, what would it look like for you to say, hey, you know what, I don't, I don't appreciate that. I don't see it that way. I see that as a slight on people that I care about. Someone says something that's homophobic, same thing. Someone says something that is demeaning to women, same thing. Someone makes a joke about sexual harassment, same thing. What it looked like, shortest, truest thing. Hey, I don't appreciate that. Please don't, please don't talk about them in that way around me. Thank you. You may make an enemy that way, but that's okay. Uh, at least you will live uh, on the outside of the well. And you might cause someone to rethink Oh, I was just kidding. Well, you know, if you thought about that, maybe it's not something to kid about these days or ever, but especially these days. So Veritas, what would it be like to, to be a person that climbs out of the bottom of the holy well and stops being so elusive with your truth? And then let's think about Aletheia. What, what, what does it look like for you to step into reality, to step away from illusion? to move from concealment to revealing. So some helpful questions maybe to think about, to journal about, to pray about, to take to God, to take to a trusted person. What, what do you feel like you're hiding from? Maybe you feel like if you shared the real thing that's really happening with the project that you're working on at work with your boss, you would be taken off the project and eventually fired. But the reality is you're really dying dying on the vine. You need help and you're afraid to show it. You're, you're hiding because you're afraid that if you share that you need help, you're going to be marginalized. So you're going to hide and you're not going to know whether or not someone could help you or whether or not what you're doing is the right thing. What are you hiding from? Maybe you're in a relationship and you're hiding from the question that you really want to ask your spouse or your partner. And you're afraid to, man, you're afraid of the answer. You're afraid of where it might take the relationship if you really ask them that question that's been bugging you, has been bubbling and boiling underneath the skin. You're hiding from it because you don't know if the answer is going to be worth it. If they're honest, it might crush you. But if you never ask it, perhaps you're living in hiding and being crushed, your soul is being crushed inch by inch instead of just that one fell swoop. And you might survive that one fell swoop, but you certainly won't survive the unknown, the hiding, the inch by inch crushing. Uh, what reality are you afraid of if you bring up the abuse that's happening? in your family system, in your work system. And by abuse, I may mean physical, I may mean emotional. Um, what reality are you afraid of? Like, so if you become the person that blows the whistle, are you afraid that you're gonna be turned into the problem? Like people are gonna look at you as if just by naming the problem, you are the problem. That could happen. But if you don't say anything and you really know it, it's like once you see something, as Brene Brown says, you can't unsee it. Once you sense it, you can't unsense it. Once you smell it, you can't unsmell it. So if you don't say anything about it, eventually uh, it doesn't go away. 
you just eventually, your, your soul gets flatter and flatter and flatter and flatter and flatter. And that is just a long way to die, to be honest. And then what would happen if you revealed the truth? I mean, honestly, what would happen? Like get some friends together and say, I, I really want to know, like, what are all the options that could happen here? If I really tell the truth, maybe you have some, you have a secret that you need to share with a friend, a family member, um, and you're afraid. You're afraid of what the reaction is going to be. And you're moving more and more toward being honest, but you're terrified. So what would happen if you revealed the truth? Like, do you need to speak to a friend? Like, do you need to talk to a friend and say, I, I need to tell this person this truth, but I am afraid. Can I just talk through what might happen? And friends, the results might be really devastating. I mean, they really might be. If you share the truth, you you honestly don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there are no promises that everything will turn out fine. <laughs> That's just really hopeful, isn't it? Well, it's better than me saying like, oh, just say it. It's going to be fine. Because you know intuitively that no one can guarantee that. What I can guarantee is if you live with a lie long enough, your soul eventually gets crushed. That I know for a fact. And typically, if you live with one lie, you start living with more than one lie. And that's just how it goes. And um, if you learn to live with lies long enough, uh, your soul just eventually will, like the truest, most innocent, beautiful thing about you will just disappear. So that's a pretty big price to pay. And so... What does it mean for you to step into the truth, step into reality, step away from illusion, move from concealing to revealing? What does it mean to become a person of truth? Veritas, aletheia. And then lastly, emet, this Hebrew meaning. How can you be a firm place when everything else is vapor, when everything else is quicksand, when everything else feels like it's shifting around and you have no idea how to navigate uh, reality. What would it be like for you to be a person that's solid, for you to be a person that's firm, for you to be a person that other people can count on, for you to be a person that's faithful, that's steadfast. You might not be the easiest person in the world <laughs> to be around. You might, you know, you, you might cause waves. You might um, cause certain people to feel uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, a truthful person is something, is a place, provides a place, a haven, a firm, firm place when everything else is fog and vapor. We need this. We need this kind of person in the world right now. Because when you become that firm place, when everything else is vapor, you can begin to support and establish other things and other people that need to be supported and established. Like I want to, I feel like, can I get an amen on that? When you become a person that steps into reality, that steps away from illusion, that moves from concealing to revealing, when you reckle, when you reckon with the thing you're hiding from and the reality that you're afraid of, when you really reveal the truth and you live to tell about it, you become a firm place to stand when everything else is vapor. And you become a place that can support truth. You can become a little 
oasis of truth, a little embassy of truth. And we don't knock people over the head with truth. Truth isn't a weapon. Truth is something that supports life. Truth is something that is firm and it establishes with strength a place where other people and other things can stand, can grow, and can move into more and more reality, less and less illusion, more revealing, less concealing, less hiding, less fear, more revealing. And I think that's what we need right now. I mean, I'll just say it right out loud, right? It's right like that. We need people who are committed to being people of truth, humble truth, truth infused with grace and humility, truth that doesn't use truth to knock people down, but a sweet smelling, humble, strong, firm place to stand when everything else is vapor, when everything else is fog. That's what we need, friends. And I'm just wondering, like, I mean, now this is becoming a sermon and I'm fine with that. I'm a preacher. <laughs> Will you be a person of truth? Will you be a person of truth? You know, Jesus uh, said in, in, in the beautiful Jesus story, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we turn that into a formula for people to get to heaven when they die. But really what he's saying is, like, I am the definition of veritas, of aletheia, of emet. I am the firm place when everything else is vapor. I will support and establish people who want to step into reality, who want to step away from illusion, who want to move from revealing and away from concealing. I want to be that person where people can come out of hiding without fear, where they can reveal the truth. I mean, that's powerful. That's amazing. In a world where everyone else feels lied to, Jesus says, I'm the truth. I'm a firm place to stand. I'm something you can count on. So what happens to the psyche of a people who feel like they're told the truth? I think they feel established. I think they feel firm and solid. I think they feel secure. I think they feel like they can count on reality and they can move into reality without fear. I think that's the result. And so, and I think when we live more and more in an environment of truth, when we're supported and established by it, the lies just become more and more obvious. We become less and less anxious about the lies that are swirling around us because we know they're vapor. They're terrifying, let's be honest. But they're also vapor. They're not going to, you know, a person that is committed or a group of people that is committed to living in illusion and concealment and lack of reality, uh, they're hiding, they're afraid. And ultimately, um, that way will give way, ultimately and finally, to the power of truth. And what we need is more people who are committed to becoming people of truth. We can do this humbly. We can do this um, softly, even quietly, um, but we can do it. So let's be those kind of people. Amen. <laughs> okay, sermon's over. Uh, grace and peace, my friends. We're dust and we're breath. We're limited and limitless. We're human and holy, and we are in it together. 
Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Ween's Author, Twitter at Steve Ween's, and Instagram at Steve Ween's. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. The truth was you knew you were losing that fight in your suburban